0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a 7 or 8 mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. Here we go.
1: This is the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you in partner with 2% for Conservation. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of time plus 1% of money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside, in giving at least 1% of your time and money back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for Conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Average Conservationist Podcast, I'm your host Marcus Ewing, and this is episode number fourteen. Uh, this week, I am joined by Trail Kreitzer of Go Hunt. Um, Trail and I have a really cool conversation about really all things outdoors um, and conservation uh, as it pertains to Go Hunt. Um, Go Hunt has recently launched a new um, uh, a new mapping service called Go Hunt Maps, um, which Trail takes a, a pretty um, deep dive into and explains the, the reasoning behind it and kind of how it works and what you can expect to see. Um, and and it, it is something that's included in their insider subscription. Um, trail is a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, Western style hunting. Um, trail spent time as a, a biologist um, working in um, in the Western states there uh, and then made the transition over to go hunt a little while ago and just talks about, you know, his role there as a senior, uh, research manager, uh, as well as their gear expert. Um, so he's, he's definitely someone that if you're, uh, looking to make a Western, uh, you know, looking to head West for your first Western hunt trail is, a a, a great person to, to try to get in contact with, um, to pick his brain and, uh, talk about gear, uh, draw odds, units, I mean really anything that Go Hunt offers. Uh Trail is going to be um, you know, the guy to speak to when you're over there. Um talk about how Trail was introduced to the outdoors. Um you know what conservation means not only to him, um uh, but how it fits into um the company over at Go Hunt uh as a whole. So really cool um episode, a lot of information in there for guys that maybe looking to um, take their first Western hunt. So I think it's something that, uh, you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, before we get into the episode though, I want to take a minute to talk about our partners over at Stone Glacier. Um, Stone Glacier is, uh, a phenomenal company that offers all sorts of great gear, whether you're looking for a Western hunt, a Midwestern hunt, uh, they offer packs, um, lightweight sleep systems, um, you know, mid layers, base layers, outer layers, uh, depending upon where you're hunting. Uh, they really offer all sorts of, uh, all sorts of great, great gear for any type of hunter. Also have some really cool, uh, logo gear, logo wear, um, that you guys should check out as well. Uh, check them out at StoneGlacier.com. Uh, I actually was, was using my avail 2200, uh, this past weekend, finishing up, um, getting ready for the whitetail season here in Michigan. And, uh, it's. It's something I'm really looking forward to, to using in the tree stand this year. Uh, you know, hauling around some uh, some climbing sticks, uh, just any extra gear, some trail cameras and stuff that I was hanging before the season starts here. And uh, it's uh, you know, no matter the, the weight, the load that you're putting in there, it, uh, it handles it beautifully. And uh, it's the quality that any of you guys that know Stone Glacier have uh, have come to expect out of them. So definitely be sure to check them out. Uh, also. Be sure to download the Stone Glacier app uh, either on iTunes or Google Play, and stay up to date with all the latest stuff from um, from Stone Glacier, uh, especially as we get into the season here. Uh, again, be sure to check them out, StoneGlacier.com, and uh, hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. All right, joining me on the podcast today from Go Hunt, I have Trail Kreitzer. Trail, how's it going today? Good. How are you? Thanks. Things are well, man. Thanks. Uh, thank you. So there's a, kind of a ton of stuff that, uh, that I want to get into today, but first, uh, Trill, why don't you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and what it is that you do, um uh, with Go Hunt?
2: hmm Um, yeah. So Trail Kreitzer, obviously is my name, which you nailed, you nailed the last name there, which is <laughs> great. There's not, not too many people do that. Um. Yeah, I live here in, in Southern Utah in Cedar City, which is uh, kind of a smaller town. They're just north of the border, maybe. Oh, I'm north of Las Vegas, so our main office is in Las Vegas, but I, like I said, I'm in Cedar City. So um, yeah, born and raised in Southern Utah. I uh, actually grew up in a, in a tiny little town called Animony. Uh, my dad was a, a park ranger, so he was a park ranger at uh, this little reservoir called Otter Creek State Park. So I got to grow up across the street from uh, this big reservoir. So, um, you know, outdoors was a part of my upbringing. We, we fished all the time. I remember my summers we spent, you know, out trolling around in a 18 foot metal bottom canoe, which was awesome. So it's <laughs> an a, awesome place to, to grow up. And we, we always deer hunted every fall as a family. Um, so that was kind of my upbringing. Um, you know, my, uh, my education, I guess, is uh, in wildlife science. So I have a bachelor's degree from Utah State uh, in wildlife science and uh, after I completed that I took a job doing um, some biological survey stuff for um, from some different companies that were doing different developments like wind energy uh, out, out there in southwest Wyoming I did a bunch of biological surveys for those types of projects and then uh, I actually took a job with uh, division of wildlife and I was a habitat biologist for about seven years um, here in southern Utah in Cedar City, actually, which is what brought me to Cedar. Uh, and I did mostly, like, these large landscape-scale habitat restoration projects. So it's kind of like my involvement with the Division of Wildlife. Um, and then, um, yeah, married. I got three boys. You know, my oldest is 15. I got an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old. so Those guys keep me busy. Yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I came on with Gohan about three years ago. This is my, I think, my third full year. It might be my third or fourth. I can't remember for sure. Losing track of time. I feel like 2020, like, yeah. time stood still. I don't, I don't really even know what's going on, it feels like.
1: I know. It seems like we were just getting uh, locked down a few months ago. And now we're, I mean, shit, we're almost into September. So, yeah, it's just kind of coming, coming yeah. gone, you know?
2: It's been a bizarre year, hasn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, go um, oh, keep going.
2: Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, for Go Hunt, basically, kind of what I do for them is uh, I'm kind of involved on both sides. Um, I do a lot for the gear shop, so I do a lot of the gear selection that we carry in our shop. Uh, I've kind of been a gear junkie and just, like, technically minded that way. I love to tinker with, you know, bows and arrows and different equipment, sleeping bags, shelters, and all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, another part of my job is is kind of involved in the research side of things, so I do a lot of application strategy articles. Um, that we put out each year uh, for our insider platform. And then we do quite a bit of customer service. So if somebody draws a permit somewhere or they're kind of looking for uh, application strategy tips or tactics um, and they want to reach out to somebody, that typically goes to me. So I, I handle a lot of those. Okay. Questions.
1: Mm-hmm. So now what was it that made you decide to kind of make the switch from being a wildlife biologist uh, working in the field to you know more on – the retail side of things or, or, uh, you know, kind of on the gear side of things with Go Hunt, there.
2: Sure. Um, it's unfortunate to say, but part of a big part of the decision was just in, in wages. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate in my opinion that uh, a lot of our state employees that work within, you know, the division of wildlife or different entities, I, I just feel like, a lot of the wages are not uh they're not competitive and they can't provide you know the types of opportunities that i think a lot of us are really interested in so for me uh, i was ro- always really interested in hunting i mean i'm 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 a really avid hunter yeah. it's kind of what a my whole my whole lifestyle revolves around i plan for it every fall you know i'll probably end up hunting uh you know maybe three four states every year uh and the division, when I was working for the DWR, um, you know, it's a really rewarding job. I loved the job. I loved like being out on the landscape, working on the ground, um, but but trying to raise a young family, um, and it just wasn't providing me some of those hunting opportunities I wanted to explore. Um, so that's kind of like you know I made the switch, and then you know, being involved with go Hunt I still get an opportunity to do a lot of research, and and it's a different type of research. And you know, I do a lot of like hunting research, and I'm searching harvest statistics and different trends, population trends, you know, across multiple states uh, versus just working within Utah. But, um, yeah, it's um, I, I love to hunt, and that's why I made the switch, really, just because I just wanted more opportunities. I mean, I got to go to Alaska the last couple of years. It's opened the door for me uh, to live some of those, like, lifelong dreams that I wanted to do.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that there's <clears> – <throat> you said it's kind of sad, but, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with – with wanting mm. to pursue you know what you love to do which is hunting in the outdoors and, and be able to make a you know a good career and a good living at that I mean it's it's funny you mentioned that you know the wages for for a position like what you had before just weren't very competitive and it seems like kind of across the landscape in the U.S. that a lot of the important jobs you know whether it's a teacher it's a you know a wildlife biologist whatever it is that these are the jobs that the 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 compensation doesn't really match up with with the work that they're doing because whether you're talking about you know the education of our future or the future of our wildlife and our habitat i mean these are things that are just are vital um to mm-hmm. to society right and and it seems that so many people kind of undervalue that and it's it, it is it's really sad that 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 is kind of the the way that things are
2: yeah it's sad in the in the fact that uh, when I worked there, there were so many really highly qualified like really well educated, really passionate outdoors outdoorsmen and, and outdoors women just just like super involved in the outdoors. It's like they wanted to do that. It was their lifelong goal and their passion. but um you know wage wise, they just couldn't afford to stay in it right. you know they it, it's really hard to see so many people that go into that profession that are you know really passionate and so. So qualified, just kind of hemorrhaging and and leaving those professions because they can't make it. You know, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a conundrum. It's a sad deal, I think, to be honest. I think it's bad personally. I I I wish that uh, those wages were more competitive. That those types of people could make a better living in those jobs. Because, I mean, I know that my personal passions are completely wrapped up in those guys doing their job.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, and and it's like you said, you know, once you have a family and you have some kids, I mean, then that wage comes even more, um, you know, into play with with making sure that you mm-hmm. know kids have what they need. You know, that you got a house, you got a roof over your head, and all the stuff like that. I mean, it's not just you know for, if it's just you by yourself and you can afford to to live off a lower wage. So yeah, no, I I totally understand mm-hmm. that. But at least you know working with Go Hunt now, I mean, you're still able to to work in in the conservation space you know to some degree with mm. helping um you know people kind of plan hunts and doing studies on uh, um on herds and things like that in different um different units in different states so i mean it's still you're definitely still playing a part that's for sure
2: yeah And like i said i mean really my, my passion my driving passion has always been like hunting and uh Like, just before we we jumped on this call, uh, I was replying to an email to a guy that had reached out and had drawn an antelope tag and was going on his first, you know, western big game hunt for an antelope permit that he'd drawn. I've been kind of working with him to help him pick up a a permit in Wyoming. And just, like, that satisfaction that I feel is, is great. I mean, I love that. When somebody reaches out and says, hey, you know, this is something that I wanted to do my whole life and now i'm getting the opportunity to do that you know through you know help of either you or go hunt or both. Mm-hmm. super rewarding yeah just like so rewarding so i love i love that for sure
1: yeah no no no. that's uh <clears throat> that's I, i'm really kind of glad to hear you say that because i think that as as sportsmen and sportswomen we all kind of get to a certain point in our hunting career where you know our success and, and harvest rate and things like that those are all important and those are nice but being able to get other people involved and being able to to bring people up to speed is is you know just as if not more rewarding than you know your own personal success when you're in the field
2: mm-hmm. yeah that whole uh mentoring like being able to to mentor new hunters and you know i've got a 15 year old taking him on an elk hunt this year uh i started him hunting when he when he was 13 we went to wyoming on an antelope hunt and then uh you know he had a deer tag here in utah but like the satisfaction that i feel from taking him or introducing new people into hunting has, has become i mean it's become really like a driving force for me it's sure. something like i really crave it's like getting the opportunity to get people involved in hunting and and mentoring people like it's it's really become something that i'm super interested in and, and so rewarding so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward forward to that
1: yeah because i think that um a life in the outdoors can be, you know, so fulfilling to to someone who who maybe hasn't spent a lot of time outdoors. I mean, just being connected to nature and just the, you know, if you're doing a backcountry hunt, the survival skills that go into it and just, you just gain such a, an appreciation for, for the land and the animals when you, you know, are spending time in, in their natural habitat and not our own, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know you well, obviously, but I. I know that uh, anybody that I know, you know, friends of mine that have spent a lot of times in the woods growing up, hunting and a lot of hunting and fishing, you know, they all have these experiences that were, you know, real profound, like life-changing experiences that they have in the woods. I mean, I can think of, you know, a handful of them myself right now, just like these real pivotal, you know, moments in my life that like I'll never forget. That was, you know, those were only due to to me being out in. In the outdoors and hunting, you know, I I remember an elk hunt I did uh, in New Mexico, and I struggled. I mean, I did a it was a ten day backpack hunt solo by myself, you know. Mm. And I, you know, I think back on that like that was a life changing event. You know, I learned a lot about myself in those ten days. You know, and and then I, I was successful and it, it worked out. But like the confidence that I gained from that, you know, just the uh the self awareness that you gain in ten days by yourself was, yeah. was pretty incredible. So. Yeah. I know what those experiences mean to me, so if I can pass those on, then you know I want to do that.
1: Yeah, you learn a lot about yourself when uh, it's kind of fight or flight, and you're out there and you know deep in the backcountry, and there's no one to rely on but yourself. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the outdoors are incredible. We know that. It's just yeah. it's awesome to be able to share it with with more
1: people. Yeah. So. Go hunt now, I'm sure that most if not all of our our listeners here are familiar with go hunt, but for those that might not be, tell us a little bit about what go hunt is I mean, even if it's just kind of from a, a thirty thousand foot view um what go hunt is mm-hmm. and, and kind of what it offers,
2: yeah, so go hunt started in uh in like two thousand and thirteen, I think with Lorenzo Sartini, who's the the founder um he basically. He moved from las vegas and he'd grown up being an outdoorsman but he moved from las vegas up to uh, montana to play football up there on a scholarship and he got up there and just found out that things in montana were you know widely different than they were in nevada or any <laughs> yeah. other state for the, that for that matter uh just like the the whole um you know how do you get a permit how do you apply for a permit where do you go hunting uh kind of the rules and regs and those things are pretty complex so he pretty quickly noticed that there was a, kind of a hole um, in not being able to adequately research hunting opportunities, specifically in the West, if he was interested in big game hunting. So that was kind of like the the creation, the idea of GoHunt, uh, com. So essentially, um, what he started uh, was he, he built a, a team and they put together uh, this platform they call the GoHunt Insider, um, which is a research-based platform. So um, it's a web-based platform. Subscription, so it's a subscription service, 149 bucks annually. But what that gains you is access into this research um, app we call Insider. Um, So we cover 13 Western states, I think, at this point. Um, You know, continually adding Western state, Western states, or or states as it makes sense. You know, we're looking at the Dakotas and, and Nebraska. Um, But within that, we cover, you know, application strategy articles. We kind of pick apart each state, each species prior to the draw to let people know how to apply, how the draw systems work. Um, Draw odds is a major component of our website. Um, If you want to, you know, get a permit in the West, most of those are allocated through a lottery system. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to give you the odds you know and we we take odds really seriously i mean we have a third-party data scientist that's got more degrees than i'll ever think about in my in my <laughs> lifetime um but uh you know and we've i've been digging and working through you know state uh draw systems as well as brandon evans that worked here for for 20 years and so draw odds is a big component of what we do um and then kind of like our bread and butter the thing that we're probably most well known for is this uh filtering 2.0, we call it. So essentially you can pick a state, you know, you might pick Colorado. If you're interested in hunting elk, uh, you could pick elk as your your species. And then uh, you're gonna bring up a map with all these units uh, in Colorado. There's a visual, you'll be able to see those. And then we have all these different filters built into the system that you can use to kind of fine tune uh, your search. So you can search by things like public land percentage. If you want to see where the most public land is in any given unit, you could do that. You can filter by things like harvest success. You can filter by season. So if you're only interested in archery hunting, you can do that. Uh, you can filter by trophy potential if that's something that you're into. Um, but essentially, we have all these filters to kind of help you fine-tune your search. And uh, after that, you can click on any given unit on the map. And every unit in every state that we offer... Uh, has a unit profile, which is going to break down what that unit's all about: the terrain, the vegetation, the access, camping, lodging. Uh, it's going to tell you things like harvest statistics for five years. Um, you're going to see trends in applications versus tag allocations, so you can kind of track, um, you know, how that system is working in that in that individual unit. But um, essentially, that Go Hunt Insider platform is built to be a really nice concise workable package to help people find hunting opportunities in the West. So, um, that's how that's started. Um, we opened up the gear shop about three years ago. So we have a fully stocked, you know, back gear selection, you know, we, we sell in the shop. Um, like I said, I'm pretty heavily involved in that. And then just recently, um, we have launched our, our go hunt maps. So we're getting into that map game to just make your insider app or your insider service that much more valuable to you.
1: Yeah. So you you touched on it there right at the end, the go hunt maps. (laughs) I know that um, right when we first started corresponding was right about the time that um, go hunt maps was, was launching. So kind of take a a deep dive into the maps because I know that there's, you know, other people, other companies out there that have something similar. So Mm -hmm. kind of, what is go hunt Maps, and how might it be a little bit different than than some of the other things that are out there?
2: Yeah. Um, I think for us, I mean when we, when we looked at what we offered previous two maps, we I mean, we offered a really nice service to help people find opportunities to go hunting. And we realized that uh, once you had a permit in your pocket, whether you drew it or you you know picked one up over the counter and you actually went into the field and went hunting, uh, or even when you started scouting for that uh, that hunt, Our value um, could be better at that point because we didn't, we were kind of lacking this, you know, third piece of the puzzle, you know. So we have the insider, the research, we've got the gear shop. We were kind of lacking that mapping platform that we all use. So, I mean, prior to, to our map, we were using, you know, we're all using probably Gohan or ONX, and we have multiple subscriptions we might have a you know a base you know base map or base camp and, and we may have um you know onyx we may have go hunt we may have google earth we might have all these different things that we're using to try to plan our hunt and kind of as we looked at it uh we thought you know it just makes sense to have everything in one package you know you've got all your research and then you have all your maps so um you know we, we created this mapping platform so I guess one of the biggest features that we have uh, over some of the others is that we have 3D mapping. So we've got 3D uh, on our desktop version, uh, working towards that in the mobile version. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be launching our mobile version here within the next week or two weeks. We're actually testing that today, um, just kind of working through that. So we'll have something you know comparable to what's out, what else is out there um you know we're all western big game hunters uh we use maps all all the time we kind of know the quirks the ins and outs of like what's worked for us and what hasn't so as we design our maps um you know we we took that heavily into consideration we had some serious focus groups where we all sat down and said you know what i like this i don't like this about you know another platform let's do this or that and i really think we've developed a map platform that uh it's unique. I mean, we have this collection feature where you can basically create folders, you know, for individual hunts that you're scouting. You can, you know, drag all those points and all those uh, saved polygons, anything that you might do, into one collection. Um, you know, it's it's workable between multiple platforms, so you can export all of your maps from, you know, either Google Earth or, or Onyx into our service, which is nice. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just like we just wanted to give you everything you know, within one membership maps, now insider store, the whole nine.
1: Okay. So that was going to be my next question was <clears throat> if you mm-hmm. are already a, a hunt insider, is the maps included with your subscription then?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole thing will be same price point, point, one forty nine a year.
1: Okay. That's good. And that includes all Western states that you guys cover as well. Not just like one specific state or anything like that.
2: Nope. Nope, that'll be the the whole shot. Yep, everything that we've got. So all all thirteen western states.
1: Now, do you guys have anything, or are you working on anything for like, let's say, you just want to do an individual state?
2: Um, you know, it's a good question. It's probably above my pay grade at this point, to be (laughs) honest. I. I, uh, I get super involved in, like, the the details as far as that kind of stuff goes, like, you know, planning and, like, the features and whatnot, but not so much in that type of stuff. So, uh, I would say if we do, you'll definitely see or know about it. I mean, we'll we'll send out emails and and do social blasts.
1: Yeah. Now, I... You, you kind of already answered it, but I, I'll go ahead and kind of ask it again. Is so take myself for example. I'm you know I'm here in the Midwest and and wanting to to go out west and, and chase some big game is is something that I've you know been wanting to do. But let's say you know I just don't know where to start really. I mean, what's from from my standpoint and, and you helping me out? What is the kind of the first thing to look at? Let's so let's say Colorado elk archery. You know, very kind of broad. I know there's a lot of different options out there, but just something that's you know I can kind of guaranteed to be, to get a tag, you know, whether it's over a counter or it's a a real easy draw unit, um, you know, kind of, how how does that start for someone like me? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so I think if you if you jump into your insider platform, um, you pull up Colorado under the Field Stream 2.0 title, you click on Elk, Uh, at that point you'll see the map, like I said, with all the different units on it. I think one of the first steps that I generally tell people uh, is cruise down through the filters and find the one that's the select season. There's this drop down filter. Um, that, that little filter right there is going to indicate the seasons that are available to you. So if there is an archery over the counter or if there's an over the counter or off, uh, it will be identified in drop down. If that is going to use the units for that applicable or you no know, balance. So I would say, I tell people all the time, if you're looking, you know, just to get your foot in the door and figure out where you can actually get a permit, because that's the first step, really, Right. Um, I would use that, that drop-down filter with the select season. So, you know, selecting an over-the-counter option. Um, the other thing you can do is select just the regular archery, which is the draw permit, and you can go up and start filtering with draw odds. So you can put in 1.2 points start dragging that minimum draw odds filter across and you can see that there's actually a bunch of odds that you could draw in Colorado with maybe one or two points you know there's there's really a lot of opportunity for limited quota permits um, that are easy to draw Um, so I think that's probably the first step I would encourage and then after that um, you know I'm a a proponent of exploring harvest success because I mean we I you know, unless you've got more money than I've got, I want to go out and have a chance to to actually harvest, you know, I I love to hunt, but I also would like the opportunity to harvest. So I, I spend quite a bit of time looking at harvest statistics. Um, I might jump in to the individual unit profiles and compare the harvest statistics versus the number of people that have, you know, surveyed that have hunted that unit, which is going to give me an idea of hunting pressure as well. Um, You know, just, just through comparing those two different things you know harvest statistics the select season maybe public land percentage is another good filter because you know obviously you're going to want to have a place to hunt and not have to worry about you know navigating some complex mix of private and public land uh where you can kind of get yourself into trouble but um i would cruise those and then i would start looking at the individual units and kind of finding a unit that works for you so you know, considering elevation, you know, if you're not a guy, if you're from the Midwest or the East, you know, is there a unit that's maybe a little bit more mild terrain, you know, or, you know, you're not going to have to deal with elevation sickness maybe, you know, or, you know, if that's the type of hunt you're looking for, if you're looking for a backpack hunt where you're going to go 10 miles deep, then maybe you're going to find that within those unit profiles. Um, and then I, I would just start exploring those, you know, after you pick the unit and I tell people this all the time, um, you, you can get, um, what is it? Uh, paralysis by analysis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've heard that. Saying, oh yeah. But, um, Absolutely. We get that quite a bit where, yeah. Where people are just like completely overwhelmed and they can't quite pick a unit. They're like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I get, I get calls all the time from guys that are, you know, we get multiple calls. I can't pick a unit. I can't pick a unit. Um, you know, I would say almost any unit in Colorado in a lot of states to be honest. Um, you know, there's more than enough elk or or game within that unit that you can find some success. I would say, you know, do the research, find one that kind of meets your objectives of what you're looking for, and then pick that unit and then dive in and start doing research. So pull up the maps, you know, start cruising that unit, start looking for, you know, things if you're hunting elk, for example, start looking at that unit from the perspective of analyzing uh, elk habitat. And you may have to jump in and look at, you know, do some life history research on elk habitat and what they need different times of the year, and and specifically the time you're going to be hunting them. Um, But, you know, start looking for those wet meadows, those creeks, those drainages, those benches, those, you know, little saddles, um, you know, burns. So we have a burn layer uh, that you can overlay across. We have all these different layers that can really help you in your research, you know, migration layers for elk and deer, you know, in Colorado, as well as a lot of other states. Those can be a piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, elk love a burn. You know, a fresh burn that's maybe two or three years old is just like ice cream for elk. So <laughs> look,
1: look,
2: look for those. You know, as you're as you're cruising across your maps and using those different uh, filters and, and layers to help you. So, um, yeah, I would I would say pick a spot. You know, do the research. Pick a spot. You know, dive in and really start analyzing that unit at a level as if you're going to hunt it. And then, like, my last advice that I give people all the time is just, like, go for it. Yeah. Because you, you, you just just go for it. Like, put a plan together. Have a good plan, a solid plan. But then just get out there and go for it because that's really where you're going to learn, you know. It may take a couple times to, to find success. But I promise you, like, within, you know, one, two times of coming out west and hunting, you're gonna have a really good picture of kind of what what it is to hunt in the West.
1: Yeah. And I feel like especially for a lot of like Midwestern and and Eastern guys, you know, they're they're bankrolling, you know, the you know, the the out of state tag is gonna be a, a pretty uh hefty, you know, sum. And then getting out there and, you know, all the gear and everything that goes into it, especially, you know, a Midwestern guy like I don't have a backpack tent or, you know, I'm not worried about a sleep system or, mm-hmm. or food or anything like that. I know that a lot of guys probably want that that instant kind of gratification. Well, they want you know a real high success rate, but you know the fact of the matter is is that it's it's still hunting, no matter how much preparation you know you put into it. It's not it's it's not hunting. Mm-hmm. It's hunting. It's not getting. You know. Yeah. So I mean, it it sounds yeah, like yeah,
2: and thank God that it is right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I yeah. I. I, I, uh, I love the process. Yeah. You know? And I hope, I hope that most people do, you know, I, I hope that that whole, the whole process is like what the, they love. You know, I look back on some of my favorite hunts. It was, it was great when I got one, but it wasn't like when I when I have a memory of that hunt, it's not the thing that like I cherish, you know, not just that single act of, of taking an animal. I mean, that's great. But like everything else that went into it, you you know the planning the prep the satisfaction you feel from having been successful so that's that's what i mean i mean thank thank god that it is a hunt
1: yeah i mean it's essentially you have this this one goal right you, to to harvest an animal but all the steps and all the processes that go into leading up to that are are all if not at, are not they're either as or, or more important than the actual act of, of harvesting the animals Cause, You know, I don't care how great of a shot you are with a bow. If you have a terrible plan and you get out there and everything, you know, kind of goes to hell, then it's, you know, what what was the point in it? So, I mean, it's it's a super Mm -hmm. sounds like a super comprehensive tool to, you know, no matter how you like to scout, whether it's, you know, looking for burns or, you know, terrain, you know, watering holes, things like that, that, you know, however you Mm -hmm. like to scout your animals. I mean, there's there's a layer in there for you to to be able to do that.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, and the other thing, something that you noted that uh, I, I probably would touch on is that um, you know there is a lot of planning and preparation, gear and equipment, and and those kinds of things that you have to think about. But like, you know, we're lucky in that we live in in the day and age of the. My kids can't believe that I I lived when the internet didn't exist, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I I did. And um, you know, it's with the with the with the internet now. I mean, there's never been a better time to have information at your fingertips. So, you know, if you jump on our website, you can look at my backpacking gear list from the last three years for a bunch of different hunts, you know, whether I'm hunting antelope or, or, or elk, you know, all my equipment that I, that I chose and why, Um, you know, there's videos where we do gear dumps and you can find all that information that you're looking for. So like, there's no need to be, you know, intimidated by, uh, you know, by, you know, you're going to have to put some gear together, but there's no reason not, you know, to be intimidated by the lack of knowledge because it's out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually just spent, you know, half hour, 45 minutes or so watching your, uh, um, the, the the, gear that you were packing for your uh, antelope hunt that you have coming up in Wyoming. So it was mm-hmm. cool to see kind of your thought process that went into it, why you chose this and, you know, the different ways you may be hunting, whether it's spot and stalk or sitting on a water hole and, and making sure that you had all the necessary gear for that. So, I mean, that was for I mean, I, I love gear. I mean I could I could hop on this and just talk about gear with you for, you know, for an hour and, and not touch on anything else. So to be able to, like you said, have that that information kind of right at your fingertips there is 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 something that, especially for us Midwestern guys, I mean, I know that we we really appreciate and it really helps us um, you know, kind of get ready for something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel your pain. I mean, I went last year to Wisconsin to hunt whitetail for the first time, and, like, when I got back there, there were definitely things that I thought I wished I'd have done differently, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's cold. That Midwest cold's a different kind of cold than I'm used to.
1: Yeah, there's there, there's no uh, no mistake about that, which kind of – so you it's clear that you guys have the western states and tactics and gears and, you know, all the stuff that goes into it. Have you guys considered – Looking at like the Midwest and, and you know gear specific and I mean even you know I think of like Missouri and Kansas and some of these areas where you know they they grow some big deer you know in that area mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of opportunity for you know to do like a guided hunt or anything like that have you guys looked into you know kind of expanding you know more east?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think if it makes sense. Um, I mean, I, I won't. I wouldn't sugarcoat it and say that. I mean, we are a Western big game huh? yeah. company. I mean, that's what that's what we're dedicated to. It's like our passion and drive. Um, I, it's like I said. I we have Kansas. You know, we're looking at, at adding uh, both North and South Dakota and probably Nebraska. Um, really, I, it, it would have to make sense. Like, I, I feel like we would have to be able to provide. Um, you know a product that people could use to find an opportunity to go hunting um and, and and a lot of people you know so like we would have to explore like the public land the access whether there's enough walk-in access to, to maybe justify that but um i will say that we're constantly you know internally talking about where we can add value uh to our members and and to people as a whole like we like our whole goal is to to get people the opportunity to get in the field if they want to, you know. So as it makes sense, yes, I, I would say definitely we, we will, you know, be looking, you know, as it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Now, <clears throat> Go Hunt is a a two percent certified business, um, meaning that they give you know one percent of their time and money back to to conservation causes. So what is what are and I know that you have a pretty big hand in um you know a lot of the conservation efforts there with Go Hunt. So what are some of the the organizations or things that Go Hunt is doing um to give back to conservation?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been I would say primarily involved locally on a local level is probably the best example with um, the, the Desert Bighorn Society there in Nevada. So Southern Nevada, we've done some water projects with those guys and, and also worked with the division of wildlife and gone out and, and done some water development projects, which has been super cool. And, and a lot of guys down in Vegas have gone out and done that. Um, that's been a cool opportunity for us uh, as well as, like I said, you know, the, the 1% uh, of our, our, you know our take, if you will, uh, yeah. goes back to into conservation, um, and then yeah, just just time volunteering where we can um, with BHA, be involved with them, and you know we we try to do as much as we can for the Rendezvous. We we try to you know support that, and I mean we we're just looking for opportunities as we can. You know we we're, we're always trying to be more involved. So you know if you got more that you're, you know if you hear of more that we could do, you know we want to be a part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, conservation is where it starts really, right. like none of us could do, none of us could do what we, we want to do. None of us could, I couldn't have this passion for hunting if there wasn't first the conservation side of it. You know, if the, the North American model wildlife didn't work, if it wasn't being, you know, upheld and, and and continually, um, you know, upheld, if you will, uh, I couldn't do what I get to do. So it's, it's super important to us. It's like, a, you know, near and dear uh, piece of the puzzle for us.
1: So now, <clears throat> Go Hunt is obviously a, a a fairly good sized company. I mean, are all of your employees, you know, um, hunters or, or anglers, or I mean, how does how does that work? I, what I find is that, you know, companies that are kind of geared around the outdoors. I mean, for for their employees to to give time back, like it's really it's almost kind of a no brainer, and it's and it's really you don't have to ask. I mean, they, they, they want to and they're willing to to give up their, you know, their Saturdays or their Sundays or, you know, nights after work to, mm-hmm. to be able to give back, um, to conservation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say as far as our mix goes, we're, we're kind of a unique mix because we are, we're a tech company too. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we've got guys like me that I, I can, you know, there's times I can barely run my own phone, you know, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> um but but then we've also got guys that, you know, develop like these extremely uh, complex, you know, map apps and, and things like that. So uh, those types, you know, some of them have done some hunting and fishing and some ha- haven't. You know, we have a lot of guys that are kind of from that tech sector that, that they don't have a lot of outdoors experience. But that's actually been kind of a unique and, and kind of a cool thing is to see the integration of the two types, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us that are that grew up hunting or have come to, you know, hunting later on and, and as an adult. And then also a bunch of people that don't hunt, that never hunted, but like to see the spark and the interest generated. And to see those guys jump in and, you know, take those opportunities to get involved as well, it's been really cool. So it's it's kind of a cool mix.
1: Yeah, and I'd imagine that, like you said, you have some employees that are, are more from the tech side of things that, for whatever reason, they just, it was never part of their upbringing or, or anything or family heritage or anything like that. I mean, how do they look at hunting and what it is that, um, that go hunt represents, I mean, are you know, hunters in general and anglers in general.
2: Yeah. And I, and I don't mean to stereotype. I'm sure there's some real techies out there that are out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. I, I totally understand.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's been interesting because I would say a lot of them, it's kind of, to, to me, at least it, it feels like it's a new, kind of a dawning of a new area era. Uh, when it comes to to hunting and fishing um you know i grew up kind of in a in a time frame where hunting was pretty widely accepted you know where i grew up hunter's ed was you know fifth hour or sixth hour when i went to high school right you know i mean that was just part of like every every kid went to hunter's ed you know and they learned firearm safety and and the whole thing uh to then kind of developing kind of when i was in college there was more of a you know i guess i would call it environmental movement towards more extremism you know where you know veganism and you know hunting and fishing was was kind of frowned on and it was almost has become you know, almost a, re- a religion and now i think we're kind of seeing more of a swing back towards you know a little bit more open-mindedness and looking at sustainability and hunting and fishing and um i would i would say a lot of the new people that have come in kind of have a different like a more open perspective than maybe they would have 10 years ago to be honest that it there's been kind of like uh a more open-mindedness uh to hunting you know they, they, they come into it not really knowing what it is but but definitely more interested in, in learning uh both in conservation and then uh kind of hunting and fishing's role in conservation so um it's it i'll just throw one more thing so i've been going to the outdoor retailer show the summer show. Right. Yep. So I, I go to that show every year and I've been going for a bunch of years, uh, as a buyer for the shop. And then also prior to that, just cause I was kind of a gear like, junkie. Um, I, I've seen it. I've seen a shift. Like when you walk up and a lot of my reps for the different companies that I work with, um, are in their early twenties. Um, I've seen a shift from them being like, Oh, Hey, I work for go com from them being like, Oh, you know, we don't want anything to do with the hunting company. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's not what we do to now, uh, my reps, um, at those companies saying, I've never been hunting, uh, but I would like to, you know, I would like to explore that. What's that about? Tell me about it. Yeah. You know, so there, there, there's a shift. I feel it.
1: Yeah. It, it, it almost seems like there's kind of a, a changing of the guard in terms of a, an older generation. So maybe like our parents, and the way hunting was with them to now with technology and you know sustainability in terms of harvesting your own meat has seemed to kind of come to the forefront, and you know people love that idea of being able to you know harvest an elk and then you know hundreds of pounds of meat that they can feed their family and their friends with it. It seems like yeah, you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head that there's a, a change in kind of the the culture and the open mindedness that that is you know. The, the community of hunters, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there definitely is. There's definitely been a switch and it's going to be interesting because we're seeing more interest in it. I mean, if you look at the number of applications and the number of people that are hunting the West, I mean, that's increasing. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the various state agencies have to kind of uh, adapt to the demand, you know, because there, yeah. there is an increasing demand. Yeah, I I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think it's really it's really cool to see more people, you know, taking an interest in hunting and fishing and, and then just in the outdoors in general, you know, I, it's great. I, I tell, I'll tell you a funny story. I I like tell stories. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. Go for it. Uh, um, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, I like to trail run quite a bit and I'm fortunate that I've got a couple of trails here close to my house. And so I would get up every morning and I would go out to the trail and I would hit, you know, hit the trail in the morning and go for a run. And, uh, you know, before this pandemic kind of hit, um, you know, I would show up and there might be one car, maybe two, often none, you know. Yeah. Um, two weeks into the pandemic, maybe an extra car, three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months, you know, I'll roll out there and there'll be 10 cars. And there, there's, it's an unfortunate, I mean, it's, it's super sad and and everything that's happened within the country you know the pandemic itself but man it's brought a focus for people getting outdoors there's never been more interest in people you know people getting outside which is i think it's great
1: yeah no you're you're absolutely right is because with so many you know bars restaurants businesses that are you know either closed and have their employees working from home i mean yeah, there's only so much that you can do. And the outdoors is I mean, there's no better way to, you know, get away from other people than to get outdoors, you know, whether it's a hike, it's camping, uh, you know, coming into hunting season. So yeah, I, I definitely it, it is kind of sad that it's taken people that it's taken something, you know, this unfortunate mm-hmm. as the the pandemic to open people's eyes to, you know, what else is outside. But, you know, sometimes that's unfortunately that's what it takes, you know, to 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 let people know. Yeah. The, the cool things that you can get out there and do if you just want to, you know, put one foot in front of the other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I hope, I hope people are, are using that as a kind of an outlet to, to deal with the stresses of this whole thing, you know, and, and the day to day, you know, just a lot of anxiety kind of wrapped up in it. it. And it seems to be the case. I just think it's awesome that people are getting out and, and seeing more.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned. So, um, <clears throat> I have, uh, two young kids. I mean, both under the age of five. And uh, for the month of September, my wife and my, my two kids were running were an RV and we're um, heading west. And we're just going to kind of check out some western states and, and do some camping and just enjoy, you know, that's something. Awesome. Yeah, enjoy something other than, you know, our house and our backyard and, and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, a few more weeks when we can get on the road.
2: Yeah, that's cool, man. Good. That's so much fun. I'm, I'm envious.
1: Yeah, so I think we're going to we're going to hit Montana, Wyoming, uh Utah, and then we have some friends um in the Denver area and and stay there for, you know, for a few days as well and then kind of round it out and head back home. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the uh the planning phase. It's a little bit different than planning for a hunt, but uh still a lot of planning <laughs> goes into stopping and stuff like that, especially again, you know, with two young kids. So
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's super cool, man.
1: Yeah. That's fun. So obviously you've been big game hunting for, for a long time and I'll kind of wrap things up with, with this one question and put you on the spot here. If you could only hunt one Western big game animal for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Uh yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's like my gut reaction, like just straight out of the gate. I just wanted to say archery elk, yeah. you know, like cause I just, there's, there's really nothing like it. I mean, when you get a bull elk, that's completely, you know, fired up and he's beagling and rutting really hard and being in close It's just like just the dynamics of the interactions between you and the animal. There's, there's really nothing like that. But, um, you know, as soon as I said that, then I start thinking about all the other things that I like to hunt like mule deer and antelope. Yeah. Or, you know, I went to Alaska last year and that was incredible. But, um, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be, I'll even pick your time frame. So it would be September 15th through the 25th every year. It'd be archery, archery elk hunting.
1: Oh, and you're limiting yourself to 10 days. So you took it one step further. So good for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If I could get those 10 days every year with a, with a, an elk tag in my pocket in a great state, like Wyoming or Colorado or Utah, that, that would be it.
1: Yeah. And that's the nice thing about elk hunting too, is there's so many different, you know, states where you can go out and explore different terrain and, you know, it's yeah, an, an elk hunt is is on my list. I've been trying to put it together for a couple of years, but again, with with a couple of young kids and you know leaving for mm-hmm. ten to fourteen days, it, it it makes it a little bit tough. So I haven't quite gotten to that yet, but I, I'm hoping here in the near future I can get out there and I'll definitely have to be sure to use Go Hunt to kind of get myself going because yeah, there's there's a lot of good information there and all in one spot.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean. We're so more than happy to help. I mean, I the fast- it's like I said the satisfaction I feel from helping people like do something like that you know like live out a dream something they wanted to do man I'd be so I'd be so stoked to help so, so please feel free to reach out.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Don't don't be surprised if uh you know next year or so next next summer your phone starts yeah. ringing and I'm calling being like uh hey Trail, I got some I, questions for you here.
2: I I'd be offended if you didn't man <laughs> I, I would love to help.
1: Oh uh, well, I appreciate it. Well, Trail, I, I appreciate you taking some time to to hop on the podcast today. I know your your season's about to kick off here, and you got a bunch of stuff going on. So I I really appreciate you carving out some time to, to sit down and and talk about Go Hunt and conservation and and the work that Go Hunt's doing with conservation. Um, it's 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 really cool to see you know big companies out there that are you know so focused on conservation and and getting other hunters and, and anglers involved in you know in the outdoors.
2: Yeah, and I, I appreciate you having me on. Super cool to to talk to like-minded people and you know talk about the outdoors and hunting and and what it is that we do. And you know, feel free. Like I said, if, if any of your listeners have questions, reach out. We would love to help people out. We just want to see people get more opportunities to to get out and go hunting. Yeah,
1: and real quick, I I, you, I think you mentioned earlier, but um, Go Hunt's website is just GoHunt.com. dot com. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Just Go Hunt dot com. Uh, you can reach out with questions. With just reach us. At gohunt.com um our main line is just uh 702-847-8747 and then you can cruise down through the extensions a couple of those are mine so you know <laughs> you can uh hit three and four if you want to talk to me about anything um yeah yeah just we're, we're always happy to uh to help out if people have questions
1: yeah all right well best of luck this fall man uh it was great talking to you and uh, hopefully we talk to you again soon
2: yeah, likewise.
1: All right. Take care, Trail. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, me too. Bye. All right. Well, a big thank you to Trail for taking some time to hop on the podcast today. Uh, I'd also like to thank our partners over at Stone Glacier. Be sure and check them out, stonglacier.com. I'd also like to thank our partners over at 2% for Conservation. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. dot org. And there you can see all the certified brands that are committed to conservation that you should support when you shop for your coffee or guiding services, uh, children's books, uh, wine, beer, uh, really anything under the sun. Uh, I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where it's going to be nothing but very positive conservation driven content uh, coming out of their various uh, pages and feeds. Uh, Again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can check them out online on their social medias or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, Stay safe out there, and remember that conservation starts with you.